Like, do you guys remember uh, in 2019 oh, when Tate made the <laughs> yeah. video to me and my brother? Oh, no. Well, Did you guys know me then? No. I posted a picture and I said, there's new brothers in town and they don't run webcam businesses. I didn't even tag. <laughs> and it fucking blew up. He made a response video in a 720S and challenged me and my brother to a fist fight and to an <laughs> IQ test and was going to fly us to Romania and stream it on TV. What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Stick Talk Podcast. We have a special studio here in Miami with the homie Luke. What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? Thank you, boys, for coming. Of course, man. Absolutely, Long time coming. Bro. Yeah? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I broke something right away. <laughs> All right, I'm not moving anymore. Um, let's talk about the sponsorship, bro. Yeah, so uh, I guess we're sponsored by Lucy now. Um, superior nicotine product. Zen is inferior. I'm Lucy enjoying is enjoying it superior. so far. Yeah, so it's good. You like it? Yeah. This is your first one? Yeah. Yeah, they're phenomenal. So they're just smooth, bro. I feel like Zen is just like it makes you feel harsh. like you're gonna die. <laughs> it's just not it's not good. This is like a good time. Is it good hangover cure, Christian? To be determined. All right, we're gonna see. It looks <laughs> we got, like he's we about got to perform here. on this podcast. But um <laughs> Yeah, dude, I feel like we've known each other for a while through Twitter. Um never got to link up. So if you wanna just run through close your cartel, your journey, where you're at with things, give Shit. the audience a quick briefing. Yeah, so um, I teach people sales. So I did the normal thing, started an agency like everybody else, and realized I hated it because I didn't want to have like eight <laughs> bosses. And I, I, I obviously didn't build a team like you guys do, and I didn't do the right thing. So I was like, this sucks. Um, but what am I good at? Well, I'm good at sales because I was selling my own stuff, like 10K offers over the phone to people I didn't know to build like funnels or to build a webinar or whatever. 10K a pop at like 19, 20 years old. So I was like, why don't I just do this? So started selling for people before it was a real big thing. Yeah. There was no ads for high ticket sales. There was no, I didn't even know like who Cole Gordon was. I didn't know Jeremy Miner. I didn't know anybody. So I kind of just learned the hard way. Um, so I did really well. Made like 30K a month um, for several months as, as a sales rep in my early 20s. So was like, what's next after this? If I want to grow, I want to make more money, have a bigger impact. And I didn't know what that was. So we tried to manage sales processes for people, some, some big guys on Twitter, but then we got to rely on them, their marketing. Yep. It's the same problem as the agency. Same thing as an agency. Yeah. So I was like, let's just do what I did. This changed my life. So why don't we just teach this to other kids? And it blew up and went to the stratosphere afterwards. And now we're rocking and we got software on the back end and, and a lot of things. All kinds of things. When you say change your life, what was your life like before? Uh, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sucked, bro. Um, I got the typical, like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend like 10 minutes talking about sob story or whatever. But I got the typical like trenches story, like grew up really poor, didn't have internet, uh, abusive family, like all that kind of shit. And then was like, I guess this is not going to change yeah. if no one in my life or in my family changes it. It's literally me, my mom, my brother now anyway. So I was like, I don't want to be poor. So what do I do? And then just fell down the rabbit hole. Luckily, one day, um, somebody, at, I worked at the YMCA in okay. my uh, town over from my small town. And this guy, I had just crashed my car. I had just got cheated on. I was 18, yeah. senior year of high school. Just going through it. Bro, I was going through it. And I was already broke. So I'm like... Crashed the G-Wagon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, I couldn't even fathom having a G-Wagon then. The hoopty? It was a $500 uh, three different color Chevy Cavalier. Nice. It was orange, black, and silver because it was all like different parts. <laughs> different paint jobs at yeah. different times. It yeah. like the actual would like break when I was driving and I'd have to fix it. Like it was a piece of shit. But um, I loved it. It was my only car. I worked like all summer to buy this car. 
So I find out in the same night, it was New Year's of 2018. So like the first three hours of the year, because it was like three in the morning, I'm coming home from a, uh, a New Year's party with this girl. I find out last in my whole high school, which is like 40 minutes away, but where I'm from, it's not far, yeah. like Miami. <laughs> you picture going 40 minutes away in Miami, you're like, this is a whole other state, yeah. but where I'm from, it's normal. So I find out she cheated on me, and I'm like, fuck. So You said you were the last one to find out? I was last, So it was embarrassing, because everyone yeah. knew, right? Everyone at my school knew. I was the last one to find out. Like These guys were like joking in a group chat with me, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. They're like, oh, this guy with your girl. I'm like, what do you mean? And I was naive, bro. I didn't know. So. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. And then um, I'm driving home. It's like zero degrees. Deer runs out, smashes my car. So my car is destroyed. Um, I have nobody to call. Like, everyone's asleep. So I call my mom. doesn't pick up. I call this guy. It was kind of like a father figure. It doesn't pick up. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like screaming at the sky at God. And I'm like, what do you want from me? My life already sucks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just like it, down bad. So I, I get home eventually. I almost fucking freeze to death. Um because zero degrees, I didn't have a coat in the car, Jeez. and then my heat wouldn't work because it smashed the radiator. So if you have no <laughs> coolant in your car, your heat won't work because yeah. it'll overheat. So it was just ice coming People through. People in Miami don't understand. Yeah, bro, <laughs> crazy. So I get home, um, and then in the next week, uh, I had to bum a ride with my mom. She worked at the YMCA as well. So I go to work, and uh, 100% God doing this. 100% was God. I go to work and this guy walks up to me and I talked to him a couple times about like stocks and, and I had like 20 bucks in Robin Hood and I didn't even know <laughs> what like the S&P 500 was. Bro, I didn't know anything. And he goes, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this book. He's a very, very Christian guy. He's like, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this book. And out of the blue, no reason. He doesn't know what's going on in my life. No context. He gives me rich dad, poor dad. Mm. So I go home, I read it. I start crying because I, I just felt like in my heart, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. So my mom's in the kitchen cooking and I'm like, mom, I was like, we're going to be good. Like, we're going to be rich. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And she goes, <laughs> what's that? And I was like, I don't know. But in this book, <laughs> this guy has a rich dad and then poor dad. And then he does business. And like, I'm going to do that. And then I just fell down the rabbit hole from there. And, and uh, yeah, now we're here. Cool. Dude, how'd you figure out what an agency was? Like, you're coming from the middle of nowhere, rural um, Ohio, and you Well, just okay, so I had those Chromebooks at school. Okay. I didn't have internet. Like, genuinely didn't. And I didn't have a cell phone until I was, like, 17. Damn. And even at home, I couldn't use my cell phone because we had no service. I'm, like, from the sticks. sticks. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would see, like, Iman videos. I would see uh, Sebastian Georgiou videos. And I'm like, oh, like, these young guys are making money. How? Oh, e-com and the SMMA wave was kind of, like, peaking then. So I went to college and was like, okay, I have to sell something because we sold cars, we sold guns. I used to sell guns out the back of my car at gas stations, like in, in Ohio, <laughs> I swear to God. America. Like, because we, we just had like America. a bunch of shotguns and stuff yeah. from like my dad and, and whatever. So I was selling everything I had to try to make money. And I was like, I, I was smart enough to know, okay, I have to sell something. What do I sell? And then I stumbled upon the agency thing, saw Iman talking about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sell Facebook ads. Didn't know how to fucking run Facebook ads. So I just started selling it to like realtors, like everybody else starts. And uh, yeah, just learned from there. Dude, that's so cool. Especially knowing you now. Like I know like you're recently at an event with Iman. Mm -hmm. You hang out with Sebastian. Like what's that like? It's cool, bro. Um, I told, I just went to Utah with Sebastian um, and I told him on the balcony, I was, I was uh, smoking a cigar with him and I looked at him and I was like, dude, we're, we're like really good friends now. Yeah. It's not like it started off as like, oh, I, I look up to this guy online. And then he actually came to Miami last year okay. and um, was like, hey, I'm in Miami if you want to link up because he had seen my stuff. 
So he actually came to my mom's house, had breakfast with us, wow. like great guy. Like I, I absolutely love Sebastian. He's like a brother to me. Um, and I told him, I was like, I knew this would happen, bro. I was like, I saw your video in English class in high school when I was 18. And I just knew that we would be friends. I like, I knew we would be he? friends. Uh, 24, 25. He just got started early. He's doing it like seven. Yeah. 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 He, bro, he's, he's like an OG of the state too. Yeah. yeah. Dropshipping, Super smart. right? That was his thing. Very successful. And then Iman was the same way. Like I, I obviously watched all of his stuff with someone I looked up to a lot cause they, they had a big jump on me. Like I started technically at 19 but these guys were like 16, had internet, yeah. all this stuff. So yeah. I was like trying to play catch up. <laughs> yeah, um, so I got the same conversation in Dubai with Iman. And um, now we're really good friends. Like I, I, have, I have to talk to him later today about something cool um, that I can't talk about. But it's very fucking cool. Ooh, but okay, they're great guys, okay. bro. Like they're, they're like brothers to me. Great guys, which is cool because it comes full circle, you know? Yeah. Would you, what's, I would say from each of them, like the biggest lesson you learned? Um, Starting with Sebastian. Sebastian is a really good human, bro. Um, like he, he, people don't realize how much money the kid makes. Like he makes a lot of money. Yeah. And everyone flexes money online now. Like you see people doing the watches and the cars thing. He's been doing this since before it was a cool thing. Um, and on top of that, like he's super humble. Like hanging out with him, you would never, ever, ever hear him like brag or put you down or anything of the sort of like, oh, I'm better than you. I'm rich. I make all this money. Um, he's just like like a good genuine like god-fearing guy like like i he's one of those guys similar to like sanjay where i would be like okay i could go to war and leave my wife in a bed with you and nothing would happen he wouldn't even like look at her he's like that kind of guy so his character and, and who he is as a human um iman iman and i are very similar like we i've never met somebody where you know when you meet people and you're like we're the same mentally yeah. it just clicked like we were talking about our, our mom we have very similar lives Except he grew up in London, obviously, and, yeah. and had obviously there's there's opportunity there, and I'm from Yeehaw Town. So, but our <laughs> Is that moms, what it's called? Our, no, it's called Piketon. <laughs> but our moms had the How same problems, right? Is the that whole that oil spill was or whatever, or the train? no, that was north. That oh. was East we we had uh, we had the biggest murder in Ohio history when I was in high school. Uh, there was eight people massacred on my road. What? Yeah, swear you can look it up. I'll show like you. A serial killer? Uh, no, just like. Hillbillies, hillbilly warfare. Holy shit! Yeah, crazy. It's like GTA, bro. It's 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 nuts. That's why I'm always like I'm I'm basically from the hood, just in the country. So we ain't got Glocks and stuff. We just have shotguns. <laughs> but um, uh, going going back to Iman, he was one of the first people I've met where I was like, this guy, like, it's like I don't know how to explain it, bro. It's like unspoken words. Like you can communicate without saying words because you just know because you've seen the same shit. Our moms went through the same thing. We were talking about trying to connect our moms because. Uh, that's a whole other thing when, you're, when your mom goes through a life of abuse and then you retire her, problems just come out of nowhere. Like you think, you would think, and he's, he's dealing with the same thing. And he was giving me advice because he retired her earlier than I did. You retire your mom, she goes through all this abuse, and then you're like, oh, we're set. Nope, <laughs> the problems just begin. Because when you're used to having problems in your life, and you look you, for more. Yeah, and then you erase them all, you just create problems, which yeah. is like, yeah. is what it is. But, um, Great guy as well. A, a lot of people hate on Iman online, um, and I think it's out of pure jealousy. I think they're really good at the angles they hit, and they push the angles hard. Like they definitely push the line of of um, maybe repetitive marketing, or like, oh, it's your last chance, or whatever. But every company ever does that. Yeah. The only reason people get mad is because he's doing it at such a level that it makes people insecure. I think when he put on his landing page like seventy percent close rate, everyone. Well, was so like, okay, so <laughs> I I called him when that happened, and I was like, dude, you cannot say this because like. 
He's, he, he will even say himself. He's like, I'm not a sales guy. I was like, bro, you can't say this. People are going to like rip you guys apart. He's like, bro, I just, I just read it. It was written by a copywriter or whatever. And I was like, okay. And they deleted it like immediately after. So it's not like they're trying to sell that, you know, but, um, Iman's a great guy from him. The biggest lesson probably is just the level in which things are possible. That was the biggest thing I learned going to Dubai was seeing the way he carries himself and his team, um, the way they run their company. No one knows. You guys only see like the character of, of all the, the old money and the nice stuff. But dude is a killer. Like they run their stuff so militantly and at such a high level. There wasn't one person on their team that I wasn't like, man, I would love to work with this person or I would trust this person or I would, I would love to hang out with this person. Everyone was at a high level, which was super, super cool to see. Yeah, I feel like that's similar to when we went to uh, PVD's office. Yeah, yeah. It's like just very clear who the I love him as well. Yeah, yeah, like everyone around him is just so professional, so welcoming. You're like, yeah, like I want to hire people like this. Yeah. Yeah. And we, were, and we were in there on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And the what whole the sales girl team say? was making dials. Uh, we asked like how you feel. She's like, I'm Unsta- unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. <laughs> All right. Like super intense. I wasn't going to stop <laughs> I wasn't going to stop you. All right, I fuck with it. That's like a clear like. You could just tell that the moment that person was onboarded, they read over the company values and it wasn't the person sitting there at their desk like, okay, yeah, sure, guy. It was like, I'm 100% believing this. Yeah, and that's what they did, bro. Their, yeah. their standard in which they do things, I was blown away. And, and that was a big... I love getting in rooms with people that are, are make me feel small because I was like, we're not running ours at this level at all. So it was a big... I, I always I always tell people this like if you can see them and this is what happened with me like coming from nothing whatever yeah. I could see the North Star so I knew it was possible if I can see someone else do it I know that I can also do it so that was the biggest thing That's probably like that I've learned from Iman. First thought is why not me? Yeah, like bro, if, if if for example Tate can do what he did go mainstream from our space like do you guys remember uh, in 2019 <laughs> oh, when Tate made the <laughs> yeah. video to me and my brother? Oh no! What? Did you guys know me then? No. So I'm, I'm not going to post the video or we're not going to put it in the podcast, but I remember when Mason got into his. Okay. So bro, 2019. Okay. So I had like just made my Twitter that. account. Yeah. Um, I had just bought a BMW. I had like my big <laughs> month, my agency. So I bought this Beamer. I was like, I'm the shit. I'm like, I'm like hot shit now. So me and my brother post this douchebaggy picture. And I, I didn't even know who Tate was at the time. He had like 30 K followers on Twitter. Yeah. And all that I knew of them was like these dudes that wear leather jackets with like a used <laughs> Aston Martin the Bugatti and talk about Star Wars. pimping yeah. hoes online. That's yeah. all I knew. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I personally just did not resonate with that value wise. So I was like, I've always spoke my mind clear. And like you guys know this. Like, yeah. It's got me in trouble, but like, I will always say what I believe. And I post a picture and I said, there's new brothers in town and they don't run webcam businesses. I didn't even tag <laughs> and it fucking blew up. I'll sh- remind me and I'll show you guys a video. Um, cause you guys didn't know me then, but that's what no, initially that kicked back. my brand off was I had so it got it like now you can see views on videos. Yeah. You couldn't then probably got millions of views because he made a response video in a 720s and challenged me and my brother to a fist fight and to an <laughs> IQ test and was going to fly us to Romania and stream it on TV. Like, oh, I'll show you the shit. video. Dude, imagine if you took him up on that. Missed opportunity, well, bro. <laughs> so that's why I started training. That's yeah. why I started fighting was because I, like, I know one day, like, again, similar to those two, I will know one day that I will, he's messaged me before, like, nice stuff before he got banned the first time on his account. Um, but I know one day I will meet him and I want to be ready to be like, yo, do you remember this video? Like, let's do it. Like, in a respectful, like, mutual way. Good luck. Like, that's a cool thing. Our buddy Bailey is this video guy, and he boxes with him every day and gets his shit rocked. Yeah. So, <laughs> have fun. I'll have a blast, bro. I'm, I, I love that shit. So, yeah, super cool. 
Damn, bro. That was way back. So you're saying that kickstarted a lot of your brand online. Especially on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And was Twitter the first platform that you really started to grow on? Or? Yeah, because Instagram growth, remember when they made all their changes initially yeah. and Instagram just went the to shit? Was so like I was always posting, order. but I never I never got growth on there. I was just like documenting. But Twitter was where I popped off. Like that video probably got me to a thousand followers. And then over that next year, probably 2,000 from just posting in the trenches sales stuff. Yeah. And then I think you guys probably met me online when I was around 4K or so. Um, and then just went crazy after that. But yeah, that was the start. Who are some of the guys you connected with early on through Twitter that like really helped? Oh, bro, there's been so many. Growth? Well, like, so like Alex Hyden was my first friend I ever met offline. Um, in Ohio? Yeah, he was in Columbus. And um, I drove up to Columbus and we took a boat out. Um, they live on a lake and he lives in a really nice part of Ohio. And we went out on a boat. He was like my first friend and we're, we're still like best friends. Yeah. And now. Uh, like I acquired his company and the reason I'm in software is because of him. Oh, so I forgot about it, that. It all comes like full circle. Too. Yeah. That's sick. So Alex, who else? Some of the guys on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of them that I'm not, I'm not close with anymore. Um, I'm trying to think. Obviously like Sanjay is, is, is my best friend. I met him on Twitter. Um, our whole circle down here obviously met on Twitter. I've met crazy people on Twitter, bro. Yeah. Like, like crazy connections, crazy connections. Names, I, I don't want to name drop a bunch of people, but but connections like a lot. It's been yeah. it's been wild. Yeah. What was the thing that changed for you going from like running Facebook ads, like guerrilla marketing, to actually being like dialed in with sales, running an agency that way, um, starting closer cards? Well, so I, I realized fast that like there was no way I was going to make a lot of money if I was selling five hundred dollar like offer. Yeah. So I was like, what do I do? And I saw a YouTube video one day of Iman getting flown to New York. Um, to build a webinar for somebody. No oh, shit. And he, he, I remember he said, yeah, they paid me 20 grand. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you can do that? I didn't even know it was a thing. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And I was like, I don't know how to build a webinar. So I got all of Russell Brunson's shit. I watched all of it. And I started scouring in like the ClickFunnels Facebook groups. And then people would be like, webinar? I would just DM them. So before I even knew how to send DMs or like appointment set via yeah. DMs or DM text or whatever, I was literally booking my own calls. Um, this, this really nice lady, Karen, I got her on a call. Most expensive offer I'd ever sold was like a thousand bucks, I think, or seven fifty before that. It was like a Shopify website design or, or something. Cause I didn't even know like to have one serve. I was just trying to do whatever to make money. I didn't yeah. know. And, um, I, I had remembered, I was like halfway through the call. I was going to just build her a funnel and I was like, you need a webinar. And she's like, <laughs> what's that? And I was like, so here's how it works. This is what it looks like, whatever. She's like, okay, how much? And I remembered like in the moment, I was like, oh, Iman sold this for 20 grand. So I literally, I go 10 grand and, <laughs> and she pauses and it's, I didn't even know to shut up after like you make a pitch then. <laughs> like I didn't know anything about sales. Um, it's a two hour sales call, bro. Yeah. It was, it was mostly an hour of like me just building rapport and she liked me cause I was like this young man. She was like in her sixties and I was just like being very nice, genuine, talking about her family, whatever. And she, she waits and bro, this this was honestly like the start of the sales stuff. And she waits and she goes, oh, I thought it was going to be so much more expensive. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> in my head, I was like, man. Should have said 20, bro. Bro, she pays right there. I sent her an invoice. She paid it. And I call my mom. And I'm like, mom, I just made $10,000 in two hours. And she's like, what? I'm like, bro, my mom made 14 grand a year. Like raised me and my brother on 14 grand a year. She was Jeez. a substitute teacher. That's what? crazy. Because um, she like, there's no jobs where I'm from. So the only thing she could do with her degree, she got a bachelor's. Uh, while we were going through crazy stuff, which is awesome for her, but there's no opportunity. So she was a sub. Subs don't get a lot of days to actually sub because the main teacher's there. 
So um, she's like, you just made 10 grand in two hours? I'm like, yeah. She's like freaking out. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like running around my trap house apartment in the hood in Dayton, Ohio. And I'm like, man, this is like the thing. Yeah, Dayton. That was the start. Yeah, Dayton. That's where I went to college. The Dayton Flyers? Uh, Well, so Dayton is the main school I went to Wright State, which is beside it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Dayton. (laughs) There's no adrenaline rush like closing your first high ticket deal. Bro, it's still, I still get it. It Reminds me of Cherie, remember? Yeah. Or why was I thinking of her too? Even before then. (laughs) Our first close was like a nice older woman. Even, even, Even before then when we were doing Incubate. Like for me, just having those phone calls, I literally went through probably the same course. I went through uh, Russell Brunson's like dot com secrets and yep. they had like their sales training where they'd pass like this little microphone around and do like mock calls in this little office and this little den. And I stayed up from like 12 to like 3 a.m. just watching these because I had my first call. And we started this company and I didn't know like what my role was in the company. I was like, I'll do sales. And they're like, all right, Dan, you're doing sales. I was like, Oh fuck! I gotta get some training because I I done a bunch of like appointment setting. We did some shit with like Instagram loop giveaways, but wow. that first one it was like five grand or something, and they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." I'm like, "Holy shit, bro! You <laughs> never, you never you put forget." It on, you put it on mute. This was phone call instead of Zoom, so I just like put it on mute. It's like, "Fuck yeah!" Such a great general rush. You never forget it, and oh, it was my nice. own offer too. So I made the ten grand. I was like, yeah. I was like, I literally just made ten grand, and the most money I'd ever seen before that was like seven hundred bucks. So that that was a light bulb. That was spring 2019 or spring 2020. I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, crazy. Did you invest in a lot of different courses? Yeah, and like coaching stuff. So I took that 10 grand and I went and bought up level. I went and bought a consulting was that accelerator. Sam yeah, yeah. And then that's where I that was the roots of where I learned to build info product companies. Got it. So I still ran the agency. I that was the light bulb for sales, but I still thought, oh, I should run an agency. So I just pivoted to info product. So before the sales thing was a thing, I was DMing big, giant, verified Instagram accounts that had programs, and I was like figuring out, oh, they sell a high-ticket offer. They need a funnel. They need to tweak their marketing. They need this to actually make the most of the traffic they have. So before sales was even in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just going to generate the infrastructure kind of thing. So I was selling like 10K, 20K, done for you, build it out myself. And then um, obviously that, that got old, so I was like, fuck this, and then just became a closer. For the sales training piece specifically, though, was there like a certain person that you would consume a lot of content from, or you kind nope. of just took a YouTube bunch of university, bro? Yeah, like the first sales video I ever watched, I think, was Bet David before Valuetainment was like a big thing. It was like yeah. a small business help thing. Um, I bought Belfort's book, and I was like, okay, this is cool, but that didn't really move the needle in in the way I needed to. So it was literally just practice. It was like DMing people on my own getting on my own calls with my own offer, learning why my offer didn't work. And then I could then figure out why the sales didn't work because something was wrong with the offer because it's all connected. Yeah. And then even if I DM'd them something and then the call wasn't congruent, I would just see the little things. So I did thousands of these, bro, of just trying to sell random shit. Um, and that's how I learned, to be quite honest. And then obviously I learned a lot once I was a full-time closer with like other closers and people that had been a bit more experienced than me. But starting off just that was just YouTube University. Love it. Were you closers for other people's offers? Or? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I sold real estate coaching offers. I sold um, a SMA offer. I sold an e-com offer. I sold a trading offer for a little bit. And then the big one was I sold a, um, it was like the style of e-com automation, but it was sold as an investment to people with a lot of money. So it was okay. doing it the right way because the, the model works. Well, doesn't now, but automation then worked. Um, but when you sell it to millionaires that just want a piece of online money, 
it makes sense. Yeah. You're not scamming like some person and telling them to take 30 like K funding out. It, yeah. yeah. So I was selling a hundred K offers. Um, this was 2021 before I moved to Miami. I was selling hundred K offers to sophisticated people. There, there was like four calls. Sometimes it was like a wow. long sales cycle, hundred K 10 K commission. Just boom, 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 boom. So that was like where I was like, okay, I'm fucking good at this. I was going to say, yeah, what was that point of realization that you were really good at this and you wanted to go in? Well, I was looking at everyone else in the companies. Okay. And they were much older than me, much more experienced. And I was like slinging these things. And I was like, oh, you're not better than me. (laughs) You're not better than me. So I was like, I must be good at this. Um, And then that was spring of 21. Me and my brother got flown out to California for this client, slept in like a fucking trap house, crusty mattress for two weeks. We, we would literally, they ran their shit like a boiler room. Um, the leader of that company, I won't say his name, he was a horrible person, was not a good leader. So that was the light bulb for Closer Cartel was because he actually used to say that. He used to say, we're a cartel of closers. Oh, So what? that's where I got the idea. And it was kind of spiteful because I was like, he told me, he literally told me one day, like something very rude was like, you'll never, like something just derogatory of like, you'll never be this big or something. And I was like, okay, let's we'll see. see. So yeah. I left his company. Blew up like in 2021, that second half of the year, we made like 800K, I think, after I had only ever made 30, 30 grand in a month. And then he called me and is like, hey, like, why don't we do a collab? I'm like, no, fuck you. Like, no, not not doing it. So now we're crushing and I don't know what's happened to them. But uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your brother because you've mentioned him a couple times. Now. Yeah. Like, do you guys work together? You guys haven't met Logan, have you? I don't think so. Don't think Maybe so. yet. Was he at the Internet Kids thing way back in Miami? No, he wasn't. Okay. So he... He is 18 months younger than me. So when I left college, he was still in high school. So then he, he'd been like, like not lagging in progress, but lagging behind in like just steps of life. Yeah. So when I came to Miami, he was in Ohio and then he went to California to sell solar because people were printing with solar. But solar is one of those things, bro, where it doesn't really even matter how good you are. It matters what zip codes you hit, what areas you're in, what areas haven't been hit yet. And he just hit a horrible streak. Like he made no money for a year. It's tough because you can close 20 deals and not get a single yes. commission check. Like bro, right now he's selling um, a, a crypto like DeFi investment offer to very sophisticated, advanced people, wealthy people uh, for a company based out of Dubai. And he's, I think he made uh, 20 grand this month, this last month. Hell yeah. And he's 22. So I'm turning 24 in a week. He's 22. Um, so yeah, he, he worked with me for a bit, closed very well. He's, he's great. He's like, he's solid. Um, but he just had to like learn to catch up with, cause I was like leaving Ohio. I'm gonna go to Miami. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna build this company. And he's just trying to like in the, in the timeline, like catch up, but he's crushing it. Um, our plan, we, we told each other from the day of the Tate thing, we were like, we are going to be bigger than them. So this might sound crazy. You guys might be like, Luke, you're a fucking idiot, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, we will be bigger Clip it. than than those brothers. I've said this like several times before. It pissed us off so bad. They, <laughs> bro, Logan is jacked. Like he is, like looks like he's on steroids now. <laughs> because <laughs> you know why? In that picture uh, that we posted, I'll show you guys after. He's so skinny and scrawny, and like is wearing glasses, and just like his neck is like this big. Bro, people ripped him apart when that tweet went viral, and it made him so mad that he was like, "Okay, fuck this. I'm gonna get jacked." So he went and got jacked. <laughs> so go for him though. That's, a, yeah. that's the right way to respond. Bro, everything that we've ever done, like just the way we were raised, has come honestly out of spite and anger. It's like someone says we can't do it. We're like, okay. Like the the guy in that company. I'm like, okay. So now my company's bigger than his. Let's or, talk about closer cartels culture. Oh, it's crazy. Kishin, forty nine Devin, <laughs> Tret. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
bro it's I'd love nuts. to hear what like a sale like a team call is like for that <sighs> bro our team calls if we had hr i would go to jail <laughs> <laughs> like like if our we had fireflies on as a note taker for our team not not yeah, student yeah. calls but our team calls and sanjay because sanjay uh is like our copywriter basically so i pay sanjay every month too and he showed me one of the transcripts after a call one day and i was like you have to i'm like kishan delete this shit Take it off of Zoom. We cannot have this. We are going to go to jail if someone leaks this stuff. So, um, bro, it's it's as if it's not like super. It's broy, but in like a sophisticated way. So, like, it's obviously like a very male driven. Like on my team, there's no women. My assistant's female. Um, in the community, there's like three, four, five girls. So it's all just dudes that want to make money, and we all believe the same kind of thing. It's all similar minded people. And these kids, bro, like Devin, Devin made uh, 25K this month. Trett made 25K this month. Uh, Kishan made 35 this month. My brother made 20. These are all like 20-year-old kids from, from our team that are just crushing. So the culture, it's hard to put culture into words, bro, but it's, um, it's, it's great. That's all I can say. I, I don't know how to explain it, honestly. People wouldn't get what I'm saying if I explained it. It's crazy. I feel like the main thing that goes into building a good culture like that is never conforming to what you think a company culture should be. Yes. Because even for us, like sometimes we'll go in the calls and like I brought this up when we had our, uh, we just had like a little event within the community, which was sick. We had like 70 people and one of our coaches, Ori, will just say the most, I know abs- Ori. yeah, he says the most absurd shit. <laughs> I was <just laughs> like, dude, only Ori would say these things. And like, if you treated it like a, like a regular, like business where everybody's miserable in a cubicle, we'd have to pull them aside and be like, Ori, you just, you can't say those things. You can't, yeah. you can't tie everything back to like a stripper analogy, but he does it and everybody loves it. And like, you can't like bend to the like societal norms that, that have been like forced on you. No, you can't since day one. You can't bro. Or this is what I'd say about culture. Cause I do, I, I do have a good way to describe it. So our culture is we're going to have a ton of fun but we are going to be the most elite at what we do. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on other companies. Like there are a lot of other sales trainers that have used to work with us and now have copied our shit and do their own thing. We want to absolutely destroy everybody. Like we, on team meetings, if we see something new, we're like, okay, we got to crush them. Oh, they're doing this. They had this win. Okay. We got to crush them. So it's a level of elitism that is like super ingrained into everybody. Like no one slacks. I hardly ever have to get onto someone for being lazy. Everyone is like full force, but we have a great time doing it. So I would rather them go a little bit too far and me reel them in than them not go far enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of thing. And then obviously from a, a leadership perspective, I will never ask them to do something I won't do. So like I work harder than all of them, um, but I have to. That's what you have to do as a leader, you know? And, and I think they respect that a lot. Like they, they could make more, more money elsewhere to be honest, because we're not at the scale that we will be, especially this year with some of the stuff happening. They could make more money elsewhere, but um, Iman's team taught me this. Paul, actually, Iman, uh, old CEO, great guy. He, he told me this. He said, people will take a pay cut to be a part of something bigger than themselves instead of make more money. And that's kind of what we adopted for now. Obviously, the goal was to pay them ridiculous amounts of money, the whole team, but um, they're, they're great. I, I love our team now. We've gone through a lot of changes in the last two years, but the, the core team that we have now is not going anywhere, and it's going to the moon. I love it, bro. Yeah, I was going to ask like what you learned from seeing how Iman and his team kind of move, because like, there is that balance between, like you are saying, like you're working with a bunch of like younger guys that are just coming on to money for the first time, and like that is that comes with a lot of 
I guess like challenges, but also temptation is not really the right word, but like there's a lot of room for error when that happens. It's very easy for those. It's very easy for those employees specifically to get super entitled. Yes. Like we've seen that on our end, like, and I've cut people loose from our team for that same reason. It's like, Mm -hmm. they think because they're on like a great offer, like the grass is always greener because it's like, just happens to be their first thing that they get into. And I'll usually just let people go back. All right, go find out for yourself. And we're, we're like that as well. We've had a lot of kids do that and try to come back and, we're, we're very... Um, like how many of your kids, for instance, sorry to cut you off, have yeah. gone out and tried to start like a closer cartel Bro, you know, how many, a few. you know how many former students now run coaching programs? Yeah, exactly. That's, I'm not going to yeah. say names, but literally every single other sales trainer on Twitter other than the older guys, like uh, STR Whisperer, he, he wasn't. He's like older. He's did, done his yeah. own thing. But every... You guys know what I'm talking about. Every young person either worked for me or was a student. It's the same thing with us in cold email. Everyone learned from Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. and and now they now they do that i i run business and and honestly life bro on a very like honor driven thing so that's why like maybe i'm not the easiest person to get along with right like you guys have seen some crazy shit i've had some yeah like no, like man. that gets that gets thrown around a little bit it's honestly more your persona though than you as a person like you're very easy to get along with in person well thank you but you could be disagreeable <laughs> online yeah that's i it. guess i guess which but, serves you like you're supposed to be controversial that's how you get views and and that is purposeful yeah but like the the way we run business is the same way I live life. Like I'm I'm a very honor, loyalty, integrity kind of guy. Yeah. Um, it's just how I was raised. So if someone fucks us over and you want to come back, you're dead to me. Like you are literally dead. Yeah. You will you will not ever come back. We will destroy you. Like and it's not like uh oh you're with me or you're against me thing in a rude way. Like if you want to go leave and do do your own thing or do something else, I would I want you to win. Like I've I've referred team members to other offers because we just couldn't use them anymore. Yeah. And now they're crushing it. But if you want to try to like come in, get within the circle of trust, copy our shit, come against us, we will crush you. Like they're, they're like, I don't take that lightly. That's like very disrespectful to me, mm. you know? Um, and I've, like you said, guys get a little bit too big for the britches, right? Yeah. I won't say who, but we, one of, one of my young kids in Tampa made, um, 24 K in November his first big month ever massive month for him, like profit. And then a friend, because he's like all of our team is now friends with my friends. Like like you guys know Garrett, yeah. The so like Garrett is friends with all of them. They're, it's like a f- real friendship thing outside of business. So someone calls me and is like, "Hey, this kid is doing this in Tampa. He's running around. He's looked like an idiot. He's making a fool of himself." Sends me the video. I'm like, "Thank you for letting me know." It's like you're being a good friend, watching out for him. I call the kid and I almost made him cry on the phone. And I was like like screaming at him and i was like bro you make 24 grand one month you think you're hot shit you're fucking broke still can you retire mom no can you go do what you want no you made 24 grand one time and you're gonna act like an idiot and throw your fucking life away and he's like yeah you're right i'm sorry hasn't happened again like it happens especially with young kids i'm aware of that because like it takes a certain i never ever got money and then acted stupid i because i always have remained like the person i was when i was broke you know what i mean like i'm very grateful to have this so i'm not gonna throw it away and do stupid shit but some kids will and and it doesn't make them a bad person it's just they don't understand they lack perspective so sometimes you got to bring them down a couple of notches and that's i think it's your job as a leader and especially if you're in charge of these kids they're all young bro they're like in their early 20s um that's your job you got to keep them in check well yeah and they also represent your culture exactly your brand, exactly right so like, you don't want people thinking like that's your brand yeah because it's not an accurate representation i'm so. curious to hear what education you invest in now because obviously like you've come 
so far these past few years and we both run education companies and that's one thing we put a huge focus on internally is just finding different masterminds mm -hmm. to level up because i feel like the moment you the moment you don't have a disconnect between like who's above you and like who you can learn from is the moment you stop growing so yeah. like right now are you investing in coaches mentors like what's that look like right now plan? yes so um Iman's thing in Dubai was 25k to go and then it's another 25k a year for the yearly mastermind which is like a couple calls a month yeah um so I invested in that that's 50 grand I was in Jeremy Haynes inner circle thing but oh, nice. I, I I quit that I love Jeremy he's a killer but I don't run an agency so I learned what yeah. I needed as far as like some operational stuff some systems kind of stuff some like um like the Google made that cold email change where you have yeah. to like reply or something to be able to I don't know how to explain it, but we, we fixed it. So our, our show rates are high. Um, so I quit that. That was like two grand a month, and I was in for, I think, almost a year. Um, and then some other miscellaneous stuff. Like even outside of business, like, bro, I pay for a boxing coach. I pay for a shooting coach. Um, I pay for a bunch of other stuff that I won't talk about. Like I spent like 100 grand last year on education. That's so right. yeah. 100%. Like if I'm going to tell some kid, give me like 1000 bucks or five grand now to, to learn from me, I am going to do the same thing for myself. Like uh, it's, it's uh, you you practice what you preach. You yeah. know, we do it for a reason. Love that. Yeah, and I feel like you're also the product in a way. Yeah. Like for closer cartel, right? Like it's your responsibility to continue growing in other areas of life because mm -hmm. that trickles down on a product level, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like I've I've done some um, not therapy. It's not the right word, but some like intense like uh, inner work kind of shit that helped helped a lot. Um, yeah, just I, I just want to become the best at everything. Like whatever it is I want to do, like I take it. So like the gun thing, everyone sees guns and like ah, the guns. This guy's larping, bro. I uh, military was like my first option out of high school, but I just know too much about like there were no <laughs> weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East um, to like go fight for my country and die at this point. Like I, it's not real. Yeah, like, which we're not going to go down the rabbit hole, but like. Yeah. I, I could not like knowingly go do that. I, I would be like, this is a sham. Like I'm going to fight for oil. Like I don't want to do that. But I still have the desire and I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. So what I do, I get the guy I told you guys, former Blackwater mercenary for four years, former SEAL team guy. I literally am going to be paying him this year to train me. Knife fighting, combat stuff, room clear. Like why? I just want to get good at it. Like it might look silly, but like I want to get elite, not like look cool, but actually elite, like where you could perform at a high level with yeah. real professionals. Somebody finally breaks in your house. You're like, fuck yeah. Like finally <laughs> welcome in <laughs> the day, like the day, the day that happens, like good luck. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, buddy. I think you're good up here. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good for anyone on Twitter hearing that. Cause I've had some crazy shit happen the last two weeks, but yeah, otherwise. dude, there's some crazy people online, man. There are some crazy fucking people out How about there. When we thought somebody was like out to get us, remember? Oh, dude. When? When someone shipped you the Daniel? Doll? Oh yeah, yeah. Some weird things happen, bro. Like, did you guys see what happened the last two weeks with my mom's house? No. So I, I'm not. I don't want to get into details on this, but someone leaked my mom's house on on Twitter. Dude, that's so pretty, fucked. Up. Like a pretty decently sized account that a lot of people that we know follow, like in the money Twitter space. Yeah, I had to almost do some like fucking crazy shit about that. That's like a line you don't cross. So like, absolutely not stuff, bro. You get big, and you are outspoken, and you create like anger in people because, like, bro, people. It's just like a real human thing. It's like jealousy. It's like this guy's doing all this stuff that I wish I could do, but for whatever reason, I won't go try to do. They don't even try. So instead, I'm just going to be hateful and project awful things on him and threaten him and whatever. So I don't know. It is what it is. Psst. Yeah.
crazy. It just comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. So no, at least you're got to pick up golfing, it. bro. <laughs> I did. I started golfing. Really, bro? My second. I went uh, twice in the last like month. My second time, I hit two pars. There you go. There yeah. we go. That's 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 pretty solid. That's, I'm that's learning. Solid. I've got a hole in one. I don't know if I mentioned that in the pod, <laughs> but <laughs> no hole in ones yet, bro. I, I couldn't learn how to hit uh, pitching wedges. Like I kept just like shanking it into the ground, but I finally figured it out and was getting. I think I don't. Okay, I don't know golf. It has a 60 on the wedge. 60 degrees. Yeah. Flop one. Yeah. Flop so wedge. I figured out how to actually get it to pop like straight yeah. up in the air. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I got feeling. this. I got this now. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Golf's yeah. great. I still I love it. Golf. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit because you brought it up earlier buying one of your companies uh, from one of your friends, Alex, who we've had on the pod before. Yep. Great um, guy. Talk to us a little bit about the difference between running like an education company, an agency, to getting into the software world, because obviously like, we've hard. gone through that recently. It, it is hard. fucking tough. Yeah, um, it's very hard. Um, Closeify is relaunching soon. We changed the pricing model. Okay. No one wanted to pay two grand for a closer, and it was kind of it was basically when I bought it, the way they ran it, it was basically an agency with a dashboard. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't like a true SaaS. Yeah. So now it is a true SaaS kind of like Indeed. So you're going to pay as a business. You're going to pay per. You can make an account for free. See all the closers but you're going to pay for a job post and then you're going to pay per interview. So it's still really cheap for them, but it's going to actually be a self-sustained actual SaaS. Um, we just started one two days ago. I started a new one. I I don't want to say anything about it because it doesn't really exist. And it is like, I remind me and I'll show you guys uh, what we're modeling after. It is fucking crazy. And I'm, this one's going to be real code and it's AI. So it's not no code like bubble, like the other two. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be crazy, but yeah, software like bro, education's cool, and obviously my brand is what I'm all in on. But I'm smart enough to know what I'm good at and what I'm not. I'm I don't know how to code. I, I'm I'm a good leader. I'm very good at building companies. I'm very good at hiring and all that and marketing and whatever. But I don't want to. The, basically, the learning lesson was last year I spent a lot of time behind my desk and I made less money. But the second I got away from work, 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 work all day doing stuff that I could just give to somebody else, we made more money because I was online. I was making videos. We've made 18 YouTube videos in the last month, and we've grown by like 2,600 subs on a small channel, which is which is great. Yeah, it's huge. Um, That's probably calendar, what, like almost 100% growth? Yeah. Our calendar is absolutely booked. Like That is the secret. So I'm doing nothing. I told my team, I'm like, you guys want something done? Don't ask me. I'm not doing it. All I'm doing is making videos all year all I'm doing. But I'm smart enough to know I want equity. I want an exitable liquidity event. So what is the best way? Probably software. Plus, if you like you guys are doing, obviously, I'm going to tell you, you piggyback off the education business. Mm -hmm. So we have three sales softwares. Trackify is going to be getting revamped as well. Um, This new one, and then Closeify, it is the perfect flywheel. So I'm just going to give it to other really smart people. We'll go 50-50. I will market it. I will grow my brand and do what I'm good at. Because I want to reach uh, Iman Tate level of of brand, um, but we're going to be smart enough to do business on the on the right way on the back end. If it makes sense, makes a lot of sense. Did you bring in a technical co-founder? Do you have like kind of that does the development? You guys, you guys know Luke Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ward, Ward is my CEO. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. He has been for like the last almost year. Damn, he's he's a dog, bro. I Killer. love Luke. We I met love him. Luke. Yeah, operations coach in CA. I love so him. Yeah, he's a coach and client essential. We've met him uh, when we had our event out in London. Tall he guy. came out tall surprisingly guy. tall. So tall. I feel bro. like everybody on Twitter usually works the opposite way. Bro was so like tall. you meet him and they're like five foot three, and then he's a <laughs> fucking giant. He's he's a great part of our team culture as well. He, yeah, he's like a good. Um, he he's like the me 
but that actually manages everything. Like he does the day to day. He does the payroll. He does keeps everybody in line. He can build fucking anything that I can think of from a mm. system perspective. Um, but now with the new SaaS, we have actual coder guys, coder guys, devs. <laughs> um, we have actual devs. Called. We have actual AI learning <laughs> learning model people. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going fifty on, on it. I'm just like, hey, you guys build this. I will take it to market. I will. I'm good at product as well. So like I redesigned all of Closeify in the span of a week on an iPad with Figma. I just like cracked myself out on uh, sponsored by Lucy's, <laughs> um, and I just I, I'm good at product because I know what it needs to be, but I don't know how to build it. So we just let other people build it, and I'll do what I'm good at. Yeah, doesn't Iman have a SaaS too? He's yep. doing something similar. Flozy, yeah. And like, how does he speak about that? Similar. Uh, he didn't speak about it that much. Um, didn't speak about it a lot, but it's same. It's the same plan, bro. This is like the thing now. Like Welch is doing it. Um, obviously, Sam Ovens is doing it. Um, Hormozzi is doing it. We're doing it. You're. You guys are doing it. Like, there's a pattern there of, yeah. of yeah. why are we doing it? There's there's yeah. a reason behind it. <laughs> um, bro, what do you think about Dubai when you went? I didn't love it, bro. I, I don't get the hype about of uh, like Dubai, bro. Let's go to Dubai, like, yeah. bro. It, it's cool. It was very cool to see what human beings are capable of yeah. of building, but I would never live there. I don't think unless unless uh, Papa Trump loses again, and I'm like, <laughs> this is, is rigged. This whole country is fake. That's Maybe I would go. go get residency there and then just live in Europe and claim yeah, I mean, obviously you gotta, business. You gotta there. get rid of your U.S. citizenship, but, bro. I, I will. I really will. Interesting. Like, if shit keeps going the way it is, I will get out. I yeah. don't want to raise a family in in a situation. And it's no matter what we do, I don't think we can fix it. Hey, I'm not a pessimist. I'm always on the side of like, let's fight. I feel like some parts of the country are going to be it's a cultural more problem. isolated than others, though. Yes, but it's a cultural problem. It's not a like government. Like, okay, let's say we wiped out the evil people yeah. in the government, yeah. right? If we could even do that, like we can't. But if we could, it's still a cultural problem. Like America, yeah. youth is cooked. Yeah, they are oh, cooked, yeah. bro. There is no fixing that at a big scale. And then if you look at the Middle East, it's like the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah, but I will say, so Dubai was the most degenerate place I've ever been. What? Really? Yeah. Bro, have you have you have you been? Yeah. You've been. Yeah. Bro. It's kind of like it's weird though because like on the outside like I felt it a very evil like vibe while Yeah, there. it doesn't look like it, but yeah. like there's something very evil. Everyone always talks about on Twitter like oh, Dubai is so good. Bro, are they like busing in slaves to work yeah. all day? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so all the labor is slaves. They're all Indians. It's literally the, <laughs> it's the the. Um, I think from Pakistan. Yeah, oh, bro. Top Jeet's gonna come after you. If you <laughs> top Jeet follows me. Uh, top Jeet follows me. Um, I love what that kids doing, bro. It's cool. But yeah, bro, it's literally slave labor. So like, people die all the time building those buildings, and no one talks about it. And then, so like, for example, I go through the airport to leave. Um, I flew Emirates with all my points, which was super cool. So I yeah, flew like the dude. first class, took a shower in the sky. So when you fly Emirates, and especially when you leave Dubai, it's like a big part of their, I think, plan of making Dubai look a certain way, uh, like prestigious, whatever. People will carry your bags, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Lots so this the airport. Yeah. Damn. So I think, I, I don't know if he's Indian or Pakistani. Very nice. He's like, hey, let me get your bags. I'm always like, bro, I, I grew up in the country like i'm gonna do it myself i'll carry my own bag yeah. but he kept insisting i'm like okay you're probably gonna feel disrespected if i don't like it's our culture so i was like okay i'll let you so i try to tip him and the the middle eastern guy behind the desk that i get to my gate starts yelling at the guy for me trying to tip him and then like yelling at him being super mean and i even stepped in and was like bro don't talk to him that way and and he like look oh I'm sorry sir like because obviously you can't yell at the customer but I'm like bro why are you talking to this nice guy that's yeah. carrying my bags for me in such a way 
So that was one example. Another example, I'm at dinner with Iman. This restaurant, have you been to Erla? It's like under the Burj Khalifa. It's like a rooftop uh, restaurant. I don't think so, but in that area, there's so many restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a ton. So we're at at this restaurant. Uh, Iman leaves, goes home. It's like late. So I'm smoking a cigar with uh, Paul and John Danes. I love John Danes as well. Great guy. And this waitress, she's like probably late 30s or 40s, but was like, like, she's attractive. And she's like flirting with me the whole night, but she's a waitress. Like, that's what they do. So I didn't think anything of it. And um, we, I'm like, hey, can we get our bill, please? And so she brings the bill. She slips me a WhatsApp card with her WhatsApp number on it and like drew a winky face on it and gives it to me and <laughs> doesn't give it to anybody else, gives it to me. And I look at Paul when she walks away. I'm like, is that a prostitute? He's like, yeah. And I'm like shocked. My waitress. I live in Miami, bro. This is Vice <laughs> City. Yeah. Everyone wants to shit on Miami all the time. I have never, ever, ever seen escorts here. I've never seen prostitutes. There's a lot of drugs, obviously, like party drugs. But I've never been poached on by prostitutes at my restaurant, ever. It's never happened to me here. Yeah. Happened to me a couple times in Dubai. Every girl you see in Dubai is an escort. They are not real girls. Like They're, they're female, but like they're escorts. <laughs> so like all these, like bro, you know this, 30%, I think, of Dubai is female. I would say of that 30%, probably 80% are escorts. Yeah. That's so absurd. Can't, like, go on dates. No. no. Are, are no. people drinking there? No. <laughs> yes. So alcohol is fine. Yeah. At, like, hotels. Everyone like, was drunk. Right. Everyone was drinking. But uh, drugs are super, which is weird, bro. You're going you're gonna to promote sexual degeneracy everywhere. It's not even looked down upon. It, I mean, it's probably looked down upon from, like, the super yeah. Muslim people. But they don't enforce it. It's, like, a known thing. Like the memes about like girls getting flown out to Dubai for weird shit is real. <laughs> yeah, it's like a real thing. Um, so I I was very shocked. I was like, this ain't the Dubai I heard of on Twitter. Yeah, it's kind of the anomaly. Like you go to Abu Dhabi and you don't find any of that. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard Saudi is like really Abu clean better, and yeah. Abu Dhabi is really clean and like well like uh, what's the opposite of d- degenerate? What's it's the just word? Like high standards. Yeah. Like traditional values. Yeah, exactly. But the other side, I was like, I was like shocked. It was so hot, bro. Like oh, Miami man. in the summer is not, and I went in September. So I was like, oh, it's going to be nice and dry. Yeah. It was more humid than Miami. So it was a hundred <laughs> degrees and max humidity. That's I stepped crazy. out of the airport and I'm like dripping sweat. I was like, am I going to live here? Fuck no. There's no way. Dude, John I wanna, Danes, oh, bro. I feel like we interviewed John Danes on our podcast. while back. Did oh, you guys? Back real time. Yeah. Bro, John, yeah. like I love John ago. to death. I love John. Does he work with Iman now? Uh, yeah, he does. He He's a great guy. He's like their product, head of product. He's he's such a great guy. Damn. Love John. Yeah, love John. He's a big, big nicotine guy, too. Sponsored by Lucy. Bro, he, he was like he was like fiending. He's like, I need nicotine at the mastermind in Dubai. He's like, I can't find it anywhere. And then we eventually found him somebody had to pay like two hundred bucks to get him delivered or something. <laughs> Dude, without fail, every time we like go to London or every time we go to fucking Portugal or wherever, we always bring like a couple Lucy's. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> a, couple, a couple Lucy's. And like it's always tragic where like 50% of the way through the trip, we run out. And and I'm just going through nicotine withdrawal. Daniel's hooked on cigarettes again. And it's just When I'm in Europe, I cycle. smoke cigarettes like a like a train. But European cigs like, are great. Bro, they're great. And the girls, like, okay, tip for anyone watching this. If you go to Europe, European women are amazing, by the way. We were talking about this a lot. You guys know Charlie Summer or whatever his name is? Yeah. yeah I met him last night. He he's came in, in, he's in uh, Yeah, he's, he's friends with uh, my friend Garrett. So he came to Cigar last night. Mm. And we were talking. He was asking me. He's like, I've never been to Europe. Like, tell me some stories. So I was telling him about, like, Russian girl I met. Like, all these, like, amazing girls. Bro, I didn't even try to riz these girls. Like, in Miami, these girls won't give me the time of day. And it's not a me thing. It's like It's, like, for everyone. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. 
like whatever. If you're not a celebrity or like have some like crazy clout or you're a promoter, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. Like they what won't part give of a time Europe was this? So I went to Spain, so Marbella okay. and Mykonos. Got it. So and very, I met very amazing Christian because I know I, I saw you like roll your eyes. You're like ah. Don't go to Lisbon, bro. The girls there are not good. What well, do you mean? Portuguese women just aren't attractive. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I mean, that's dude, one you thing. But no, in, in London, Ireland, bro. Yes, the Irish yes. girls. Yes. Irish yes. girls are bad, yes. dude. So bad. everybody, yes. everybody the Irish girls. Hand. But the Irish girls are like American girls. They hate American guys. No, they love them. No, they hated us. I think he just has a problem with you. <laughs> <laughs> they know. loved me, bro. <laughs> you went to Ireland? No, but the Irish girls love Marbella, so they yeah, were in Marbella. Of them. It's not like we were in an Irish bar, and as soon as we spoke, they were like Americans. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, I could get yeah, that because yeah. they're at home. But the traveling ones, they love us. <laughs> we don't even got to try. Like you, you know Josh Mesner, right? Yeah. So, bro, Josh is so funny. Josh had a pack of cigarettes everywhere we went, and he was getting swarmed by like supermodels. Like the most attractive women you've ever seen. And they were like so sweet and nice, like great quality women. And he would just stand there with his sunglasses on and smoke a cig. And then they would see him pull him out and they would swarm him and like, oh, can I have cigarette? And he's like, yeah, don't mention it. <laughs> just give him a cig. <laughs> That's literally how he sounds too. Yeah. <laughs> it was, There's it was definitely a, a difference between Europe though and the, and the UK. Like in terms of like how the women act. Like well, in, the UK is like better. America. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But like Italy, for example, the, probably the same exact way they were yeah. over in Spain and in Greece. Bro, they were, they were great. Julie, Julie, Angie, if you're listening to this, love you guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually our they're biggest big fans. Talk they're, the best. Yeah. they're the best. They're the best. They edit the shorts now. They'll just... probably watch it, bro. They watch all my shit. <laughs> like they're, those girls are so nice. Like, so for example, the Russian girl, this is a good story for pod. This will get, this will be a good clip. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I go, I, okay. I'll tell you a story. Uh, and quick version. So we go to this club called Alamagoo. I was with uh, Colin Yerkinson for the first time. I met him in Greece. Really cool guy as well. And there's a table beside us full of like 40 of the most attractive girls I've ever seen in my life. Said 40. I don't like 40. Like, like I'm not exaggerating. I'm not a, uh, a big Miami, like Cuban, Latina women that are built like thumbs guy. I like Victoria's <laughs> Secret models. Okay. If the you're built like a thumb and you like look like a Dick potato. I don't. I don't like. What it. was the movie that had the thumb people? Spy Kids. Spy, Spy Kids. Kids. That's oh, literally what I said. Like, like a hate curve. Bro, the wow. Cuban, the Cuban Latina girls that everyone like like fantasizes about online. They look yeah. like thumbs. I don't. I don't like that. I like tall. Perfect. Like you're gonna give me six foot tall children. They're gonna be Victorian, sophisticated. Like I like that. Yeah. Right. Same. So there's like forty of the most attractive. Like to the point where like I see pretty girls all the time in Miami. But I was to the point where I was like me and my friend. You guys know Jonathan. Um, one has all the tattoos. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah, met yeah. yeah, so you my my boy Jonathan. Yeah, so we're standing there like this with our arms crossed. We're kind of in a bad mood because we're like, "How the fuck are all these girls here?" And we got like two girls at our table. And so I'm like, "I'm just gonna go ask somebody." I was like, "I was like drunk," so I was like, "I'm gonna go ask somebody." So I literally walk into the middle of their table and I find the oldest looking guy. It's this Asian guy, and I'm like, "Hey, my name's Luke. Uh, I'm from Miami. I got a stupid question to ask you." And he's like laughing at me. His name's Chester. <laughs> so um chester runs like the crazy you guys know like adam horwitz you know adam horwitz no 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 um adam horwitz the uh he he travels around with like jay alvarez and those guys all the time has like a huge like travel instagram uh anyway it doesn't matter so he, he's the guy that is connected to all the supermodels all over the world so i'm like how do you get all these girls here and he laughs at me and he's like what's your name where are you from and he's like, uh, I felt so stupid. He goes, you pay for them to come, duh. And I'm like, oh. So um, he gets my number. And I didn't think anything of it. So we like leave. We're like, oh, we're just going to go to bed. Like, 
couldn't find any girls to go do anything with. Like, fuck, this is a L of a night. So he pings me. We're about to go to bed. And he's like, yo, crazy villa party, come through. So since the address. So I show up with Jonathan, Cam Muner went. Yep. Um, we show up with too many guys or guys. And the security's like, can't let you in, bro. You got too many guys. And I sweet talked him. He let us in. So we get in. I turn around. And Jay Alvarez and Emily Ratajkowski, the supermodel, are no sitting way. behind me, like like kissing on each other and shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm at this kind of party. Because like I never been to shit like this. This is in Mykonos. Crazy villa on like a cliff, infinity pool overlooking the ocean, mountains, wow. house DJ. Like it was sick. So uh, at the club, what after does this Chester guy do? So Chester, this is literally what he said to me. He goes, Hi, my name's Chester. I run all of Asia. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, if you come to Asia, he's like, you come to Hong Kong, wherever. He's like, I run all the clubs. He's like, whatever you need, you can have. So like, and I'm still, I'm still in this group chat with him, and like, supermodels have like 50 million followers on Instagram. Jeez. So he just like meets cool people, throws them in a group chat, and just is like the connector of people. Yeah, yeah. he's a cool guy, very cool guy. I'll see him again this summer. But um, after I talked to him at that club, there was this Italian girl I saw. Her name's Marta. And um, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go talk to this girl. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go talk to whoever I want. So I tap on this girl beside her shoulder, and I'm like, hey, will you get your friend? The girl that turns around is also, like, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's Russian. So she's like, oh, okay, and is, like, kind of disappointed, you could tell, because she thought I was, like, trying to, like, get her attention. So I try to talk to Marta. Marta doesn't speak a lick of English. She speaks fucking Italian. <laughs> so I'm like, this isn't going anywhere. I have wow. no, I have no chance. Va. I'm like, I can't riz you in Italian. I'm going to look stupid. So now we're at the party, okay? So the Italian girl, I like lock eyes with her. It's like a crowd of people. And she's like mean mugging me. And I'm like, oh, she's mad at me. She walks by me. So I'm facing like outwards and the villa's behind me. She walks by me and like shoulder checks me. And then just walks walks into the house. And I'm like, what the fuck was that about? So then the Russian girl, um, she follows her and comes and talks to me. And then the Italian girl turns around, looks, sees me talking to the Russian, looks pissed. So I, I fumbled. How inappropriate can we get on this podcast? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I fumbled, I fumbled so bad, bro. So the Italian girl was trying to flirt with me because she couldn't speak English. And uh. I didn't pick up on it. She walks into the... I didn't know this till the next morning because I wasn't on my phone the whole night. She walks into the villa, sends me a picture of her naked in bed, and DMs it to me on Instagram no. right after. Like the timestamp was right after she had like shoulder checked me. <laughs> so I missed the cue and was like, oh, I missed out. But so I started talking to the Russian girl. I don't know if a shoulder <laughs> check is the best cue. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was confused. I was like, what the fuck? So I, I saw it the next the morning. For proof after, you know. Bro, I saw it the next morning and I was like, I was so <laughs> devastated. Just to make sure it's actually there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll show I'll show you these girls. That's the most suspect thing you've ever said on the pod. <laughs> that look, you gotta get a zoom in on that look. The way you sit on the couch, yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, like creepy uncle. Like, I'm gonna have to see this. <laughs> like, all right, but the overtism is hidden right now. Uh, that was so the look. the the Italian girl. I fumble because I didn't pick up on the cue. But I start talking to the Russian girl. Beautiful, actually, like so sweet, so nice. She goes, what do you do in like a Russian accent and, and very strong Russian accent? And I'm like, oh, I do like business, whatever. Like, I don't want to talk about myself like that. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, I'm a rich bitch. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm a rich bitch. I'm like, oh, okay. So she gets my Instagram. She goes, oh, you have, you have this car? Talking about the G-Wagon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love it. And she's like, I have three of them, black, pink, and white. And I'm like, Jesus. what? I'm like, what does your family do? Daughter. Bro, her dad is a massive oligarch. Damn. So I, I looked up her family. 
Her dad is like a Russian oil and gas oligarch. So she's trying to get me to go like all the time to Moscow. She tried to meet me in Dubai. <laughs> like these girls are so nice. Like this girl, if she lived in Miami, would be like a elite or Willamina model, like top model girl. She, private Instagram, 400 followers. No way. So nice. Came to dinner with us the next night, hung out with us the rest of the time in Mykonos. So, 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 so sweet. So anyway, the story was for entertainment. But like the girls in Europe, they're angels. Well, she's Russian. And she was Russian, and she had a soul. Most Russian girls don't have a soul. They're, like, super cold. This girl's, like, warm, nice. Like, I have a video on, I think, um, oh, we didn't post the vlog ever because Cam didn't video shit. Cam was, <laughs> Cam was bit busy building, like, a fort in the pool the whole time. So we didn't, <laughs> I could see that. We, we didn't, get, we didn't get, like, a good vlog. <laughs> but there's a clip of her. Like, we're at dinner. Like, she's with my friend group. This girl literally stands up and does a toast and is like, thank you guys for having me. New friends. You're so nice. And, like, just, they're so sweet. So I'll take you to Europe and I'll show you, like, nice girls. Don't have to tell me twice, bro. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Chester. Uh, getting bro, Chester, Chester's great. I talked to one of the guys this morning. He's um, he's Swedish. His name's Carl. And he, he uh, there's, like, there's, like, these old money kids that come from big, big old money in Europe, and they just travel around the year all year and party, and just they're super cool. It's like I met him at the villa, and he's like, hey, where are you from? I don't know you. Super nice. Just, like, introduced me to people. Um, has, like, like sent girls to me on Instagram that he knew were in Miami. He's like, hey, my friend's here. Like, she needs friends. Like, if you want to go visit her. He's just fucking great guys. Great people. Networking. Networking. Just because you met Chester. Yeah, Chester's the the guy. We got to get him on the pod. That'd be like the thumbnail. Like he runs all of it. Bro, he has <laughs> he has the craziest Instagram stories. It'll be like him at dinner with like five supermodels like throwing cake at each other. Like ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, does that ever get old? <laughs> probably. 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 But it's it's take a, a while. Take a lot of cakes. <laughs> Should we hit lightning round? I want to make sure we don't. Yeah. Miss yeah. This we got boat. a wedding. To yeah, get we got to. a wedding to get to, so we got to tear down the set soon. Chris, All go right. ahead. First question: If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Uh, Tate, Bet David, Ty Lopez. Mm. Solid. Former guest, two future guests. But if it was like dead people, anybody like Alexander the Great. Um, Napoleon. No, not Napoleon. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, Jesus, but I, I, I could not look Jesus in the eyes right now. That would be bad. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Yeah, those. those. Next one. Solid. Next question. Um, mine is, if you had to put out one last piece of content, what would you say to the world? Mm, probably like one of the live streams we do, where it's, it's not about business. It's it's just about you kind of getting... Like the last one we did was about your limiting beliefs. Like everyone's holding themselves back, literally in their own head. And if people can just grasp how to like separate their thoughts from their identity and, and not do negative things to themselves and hold themselves back, probably that. Like, if I could get everyone to do that, everyone would live, like, amazing lives, you know? So I, I think probably that. Love it, bro. What's a tangible goal you have this year that has nothing to do with money or business? Oh, nothing to do with money or business? Oh, it's tough. That's a good question. You're going to fight? Yeah, those just off the it, top it, of is, it is. It is combat-related, probably. Um, I want to have my first fight this year. Hundred percent. Dope. I've been we've been training hard. Like I got the shit beat out of boxing me or MMA. Boxing, because people won't do MMA, so it has to be boxing because it's more of like a sport. Yeah. I mean, people like. Well, like the people I want to fight, okay. they're not going to fight me in MMA. Yeah. They're they're only going to want to do what boxing. Do you fight? So I tried to fight Hassan, and he declined. That. So and we're friends now. So he came to Miami and we hung out. I actually, really like Hassan. He's a cool guy. The the online is a character. He's a really good marketer, but he, like in person, he's a really cool guy. I, I like him a lot. We sparred. Um, cool guy. 
he would have been a good one for like business because that would have got a lot of eyeballs and been the first big money Twitter fight. Um, Sneeko maybe, but me and Sneeko go to the same gym. We're kind of friends. <laughs> but he, like, if you think of the landscape of who to fight, I'm probably not going to fight Iman because I want to fight somebody that I don't like. I could, like, maybe make myself get, get mad yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, we're too close. Um, and they have to box already. So there's not a lot of people on that list. I'll fight you, bro. You want to fight? <laughs> not really. First fight, though. <laughs> That's a dope goal. Yeah, first fight, and then probably get really, really, really fucking good at this combat stuff. Like, I, I want to be able to clear uh, rooms and, and everything in such a high-level way by the end of the year that um, I'm on par with, like, guys that are professional military. Uh, that'd be cool. That's sick. Yeah. That's it. Bro. Let's wrap it.